Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio.
a life of courage and a commitment to something greater than themselves. I get a tingle up my leg when I hear that. <laughs> Welcome, folks. Welcome. Uh, it was a great weekend, and you're listening right now to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report, and it's already August 6th, 2012. Beautiful Old Town Alexandria, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. Welcome. I was saving an idea for a good uh, friend of mine. I, I like to call her a friend, um, Southern Sense Annie, uh, the radio chick, and Cool Mike. It's a story about um, the military vote and how um, the Marine Times uh, magazine is um, asking the question, can the military vote Will the military vote swing this election? And well, uh, I didn't get around to getting that information over to uh, Annie, uh, but um, I do. I, I do want to talk about it a little bit, given the fact that the Obama administration is suing the great state of Ohio to either lib to either not to, to allow the military to vote early or either either not allow the military to vote early or to allow every citizen to vote early all of a sudden i mean this was not an issue the last election 2008 it has never been an issue. The military has always had um, a little bit of leeway when it came to voting in their states for obvious reasons. But now the Obama administration is worried about this, the great state of Ohio and, in fact, where the military vote will lie. It's no big secret that the military, for the most part, votes Republican. So – there's a bit of chicanery going on. The Obama administration is seeking to limit the military vote. And I have here in my hot little hands an article from the Marine Times, a most recent article, Romney far ahead in battle for vets' votes. So maybe my good friend um, Southern Sense, who is known for a lot uh, putting out a lot of good information concerning the military, military voting and that sort of thing. Maybe she'll take that up. Romney has the edge apparently among the military with the voting bloc, and that's something that's going to be really important sometime soon. Now, another thing, you all know that I don't use a co, I don't have a co-host. Although I wouldn't mind having one, but I don't have a co-host and I don't do interviews. I kind of pattern my uh, blog talk show along the lines of my main man, Rush Limbaugh, who doesn't have – he doesn't do interviews. He doesn't have interviews. But in this case, I'm going to. A good friend of mine, Leslie K. 
Kathy. I'm going to call her Leslie Kathy because that's the name that's used in the book, Slavery of Faith. Leslie Kathy is one of the few, one of a handful of survivors from the Jonestown Massacre. The Jonestown, uh, well, we'll call it a massacre because a lot of folks chose to drink the Kool-Aid. That's where that uh, that saying comes from. And then a lot of folks were just plain forced to. They were either injected or forced to uh, drink the uh, cyanide-laced uh, uh, Kool-Aid with, uh, at gunpoint. Anyway, Leslie's story is a very interesting one. She chose not to drink the Kool-Aid, if you will, and escaped with her child strapped to her back through miles and miles of dense jungle foliage for miles, for days, in order to escape the Jonestown Massacre. She is one of the very few to do so. And she will be appearing on my blog talk radio show sometime later this week. I'm hoping for Thursday of this week. If not, sometime early next week. I put the link up in my chat room, Slavery of Faith. You can find it at uh, slaveryoffaith.com. The book by Leslie Wagner Williams, but Leslie Cathy is the name she went under when she was uh, in Guyana and part of the the Jones uh, experience, for lack of a more appropriate term. She was there, folks. She escaped. One of the very few. Uh, just a little bit about Miss Williams. She currently resides in Duluth, Georgia. But she's a native of Sacramento, California. She was featured on the following cable networks. The History Channel, CNN, Investigative Reports, Survivals of the Jonestown Massacre, National Geographic, The Final Report, and just recently filmed for a cult series uh, to air later on this fall. Uh, so check her out. Uh, she'll be appearing on the show sometime later this week or early next week. Now, let's get on with the business in hand here. Mr. Obama. Oh, yeah, we never tire of it. Oh, by the way, have you heard the latest you didn't bill that stuff? It is, it is hilarious, folks. This you didn't bill that deal has a lot of legs, and it, it's not abating anytime, anytime soon. It's amazing. Anyway, so we're going to get into that also a little bit later, but let's... Let's talk a little bit about um, the dreams of my real father, the story of Reds and Deception. Now, the dreams of my real father, well, let's begin at around the age 18 for Barack Obama. Barack Obama admittedly arrived at Occidental College a committed revolutionary Marxist. What was the source of Obama's foundation in Marxism, one will ask, throughout his 2008 presidential campaign and term in office? Questions have been raised regarding Barack Obama's family background, his economic philosophy, and fundamental political ideology. Well, a lot of that's coming to light now, especially with that stupid remark about you didn't build that, somebody else did that, blah, 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 blah. We're going to get into all of that. You know that. By the way, the call-in number is 347-884-8500. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Yeah. Dreams of my real father is the alternative Barack Obama autobiography offering a, a divergent theory of what may have shaped our 44th president's life and politics. Something that we really didn't get into in the 2008 campaign. Remember, Barack Obama told us all that he was a blank slate for us to draw our own conclusions, to uh, sort of mold and shape as we wished. A very socialist, very Marxist way to put it, and he put it just that way. But in, in dreams of my real father... Barack Obama is portrayed by a voiceover actor who chronicles Barack Obama's life's journey in socialism from birth through his election all the way up to the presidency. 
The film begins by presenting the case that Barack Obama's real father was Frank Marshall Davis, a Communist Party USA propagandist who likely shaped Obama's worldview during his formative years. Barack Obama sold himself to America as a multicultural ideal, a man who stood above politics, was the goat-herding Kenyan father only a fairy tale to obscure a Marxist agenda? A lot of folks are asking that question. But this fascinating narrative is based in part on two years of research, interviews, newly unearthed footage and photos, and the writings of both Davis and Obama themselves. Dreams from my real father weaves together the proven facts with reasoned logic in an attempt to fill in the obvious gaps in Obama's history. In this, the story Barack Obama should have told America reveals his true agenda for, quote, fundamentally transforming America, end quote. Director Joel Gilbert Gilbert concludes that, and I quote, to understand Obama's plan for America, the question is, who is the real father? Now, we all know that our fathers, our parents shape our lives. They define who we are up to a certain point. For example, little things, like my mom, who had a Bible uh on the uh on the mantle in our home nothing was ever to be placed on top of that bible my mom believed that it was disrespectful to do so and blasphemy to this very day i cannot stand to see anything placed on top of a bible be it a magazine or another book of any kind the bible stands alone nothing is to cover it Little things like that. A lot of the core values that I've developed as a human being have come from both my mom and my dad. Luckily, I'm one of those poor, well, I wasn't all that poor, but nevertheless, one of those middle American black folks who actually had both parents in the home until they passed away. And I understand a lot of folks don't get to have that kind of thing, but my point is, A lot of my parents is in me. A lot of the things they taught me reverberate and 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 I even I even use a lot of the verbiage they use, a lot of the words, a lot of the sayings, a lot of the phrases. So it stands to reason that we look at Frank Marshall Davis, who was Barack Obama's mentor and father figure for a great many years. We, we want to know what well, we, we should learn a little bit more about him. And so we shall. Well, I have a little bit of a cold, which why I sound uh, why why I sound a little funny right now. But hey, let's take a listen to just a little bit of a clip here. We'll go to break. We'll come right back. Perhaps we'll take some calls or I'll continue on. By the way, you're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, Dr. C. Robert Jones. We'll be right back. With Doc Jones. He has a unique perspective. But, but, I happen to view the jobless numbers when they come out every Thursday at 8.30 on Fox News for Aaron Balance as a good thing. Is he crazy? When the jobless numbers come out and they're bad, I'm happy. Is what? I'm happy. I'm happy. Because... That just gets President Obama that much closer to the door. 
and heading back to Chicago or wherever the hell he's from. You should be ashamed of yourself. You know what? I have no shame about it. I have no shame about it. None. None. The Situation Report with Dr. C. Robert Jones, weekdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Out of respect, they gave him the Nobel Peace Prize without him doing anything, and he took it. He changed health care for millions of Americans, even though they liked what they had. He says he will tell Iran to quit making nukes, and they will stop, because he is just that good. To him, the Supreme Court is nothing but an unelected group of people. You want precedent? He is the president. He picked Joe Biden to be his vice president, just to show that he doesn't really need one. He wants us to believe no one else in America would have made the Bin Laden call. He is the most arrogant man in the world. (laughs) I ultimately get what I want. Stay ignorant, my friends. Situation Report. Frank Marshall Davis, born 1905, died 1987. Frank Marshall Davis was a Communist Party USA or CPUSA propagandist in both Chicago and Hawaii. He was also a writer and a poet. The FBI had Davis under investigation or surveillance for more than 19 years. 
compiling more than 600 pages uh, in an FBI file. He was on the FBI's Security Index A, meaning that he would be arrested in the event of a national emergency. In the 1930s, Chicago CPUSA recruited journalists to help spread Soviet influence in American public opinion. Frank Marshall Davis was one of those folks. A graduate of Kansas State, or K-State, journalism school, Frank Marshall Davis joined the Communist Party and began writing for the Chicago Star. He was a colleague of journalist Vernon Jarrett, father-in-law of Obama confidant Valerie Jarrett. Davis also taught at Chicago's Abraham Lincoln School, a communist-run training school run by the CPUSA, Communist Party USA. Davis also authored three major volumes of poetry, and later an autobiographical sex novel under a pseudonym. In 1948, the Kremlin ordered CPUSA to facilitate a U.S. withdrawal from the Hawaiian Islands, as U.S. naval forces were considered an obstacle to Soviet expansion in Asia. CPUSA assigned Frank Marshall Davis to Honolulu, where he began writing for the communist newspaper, the Honolulu Record, in 1948. In his columns, Davis flawlessly mirrored official Soviet propaganda. He blamed American capitalism for starting World War II, denounced the Marshall Plan, preached wealth redistribution, nationalization of industry and government health care, while bashing Wall Street. Davis also helped organize the communist-controlled ILW Union in a failed effort to take over the Hawaiian government in 1949. The Hawaiian NAACP chapter complained to its national office, Comrade Frank Marshall Davis suddenly appeared on the scene to propagandize the membership with the purpose of converting it into a front for the Stalinist line. And in 1956, Davis was subpoenaed by the Senate Subcommittee of Un-American Activities and pleaded the fifth. Dreams of my real father makes the case that on August 4th, in 1961, Marshall Davis, Frank Marshall Davis, became the father of the future 44th president of the United States and indoctrinated him with a Marxist ideology in his very formative years. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. So there you have it. What do we make of this? When we hear that, uh, folks say that, well, Barack Obama isn't a socialist. He's not a Marxist. That's all just propaganda. And any of you all out there who believe that he is, well, you're just all a bunch of racists. You're just a racist. We've been told, especially lately, that if you don't agree with Obama's policies, it's just because you're a racist. Anyone, it doesn't matter whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're purple, green, yellow, all are equally disdainful in his sight if you do not agree with the Messiah, the chosen one. So here's the deal. We are seeing right now an effort by this administration to fundamentally transform the United States of America into something completely and utterly unrecognizable. In 2006, Illinois Senator Barack Obama was given a keynote address to a conference titled Call for Renewal. The conference was sponsored by the Sojourners, a Christian magazine. At that conference, Obama said, whatever we once were, we are no longer a Christian nation, at least not just. We're also a Jewish nation, a Muslim nation, a Buddhist nation, a Hindu nation, and a nation of non-believers, end quote. 
Many young people reacted to that statement and still do. Many misquote Obama, claiming that he said that America was no longer a Christian nation. For whatever reason, they leave out the word just. Indeed, Obama was C-elected before he was E-elected. Earlier this week, the National Association of Evangelicals released the results of a survey. They took a number of of evangelical leaders in that survey. They were asked if America is a Christian nation. Not surprising, 68% of evangelical leaders that responded to the survey said no. America is not a Christian nation. That figure may in fact be even higher than 68% since a number of those that responded that America is still a Christian nation did so because it was founded on a Christian uh, as a Christian nation in the beginning or that they felt they were still more Christians than non-Christians in the country. One wonders where this is all going. <laughs> I tell you, folks, we're in a situation here in the United States where we need to make a decision. We need to make a decision about where this country is going and where what we're going to do in just three months. Just three months. That's all we have to decide. Dreams of my real father. There is no doubt that Barack Hussein Obama is a socialist, a communist, if you will. There is no doubt that the President of the United States does not have this country's best interest at heart. Not as it stands now. He would much rather the country be, well, socialist, Marxist, not to the point of taking over small businesses and eliminating uh, countries, uh, companies and that, but just so that there's a centralized government. The Obama syndrome. That's what we're talking about here, folks. So, While we're mulling this over, we have only a short time to decide how we're going to, well, how we're going to be governed. Let's take a break. We'll come right back. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Okay, fans, let's go to the fumble of the week. Barack Obama drops the ball on his own one-yard line. If you've got a business, you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. The team Obama contests the call. Actually, he didn't say that. Whispering my words around, they start kind of slicing and dicing. Those ants taking my words about small business out of context. Watch, watch the, uh, the, uh, the tape. You heard the man. Let's go to the tape. You didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. Oh, nobody else made that happen. Watch, watch the tape. You didn't build that. Somebody else. Sorry, Mr. President. The tape's pretty clear. You're just out of touch, out of ideas, and you're out of there. Uh, hello? Mr. President, this is Jimmy Carter. Uh, how'd you get my number? The, the vice president gave it to me. Oh. Well, I just learned your poll numbers are lower now then mine were at the same point in my administration. But I want to encourage you to press on, just like I did. Remember, today is the first day of the rest of your presidency. Why, in three years, this terrible moment will be forgotten by the American people. Uh, really? Absolutely. By then you'll have runaway inflation, double-digit interest rates, and a crazy Ayatollah you can't appease no matter what you do. Uh, thanks for cheering me up, Jimmy. And another thing, about the Iranians... A 
government that understands that jobs must come from growth in a vibrant and vital system of free enterprise. I'm so proud of our system of government, of our free enterprise, where our incentive system and our men who head our big industries are willing to get up at daylight and work till midnight to offer employment and create new jobs for people. I have faith in America. Through our system of democracy and free enterprise, the United States has achieved remarkable, unbelievable progress. Small business is the gateway to opportunity for those who want a piece of the American dream. But wouldn't it be nice to hear a little more about the forgotten heroes of America? Those who create most of our new jobs, like the owners of stores down the street, the faithfuls who support our churches, synagogues, schools, and communities, the brave men and women everywhere who produce our goods, feed a hungry world, and keep our families warm while they invest in the future to build a better America. That's where miracles are made, not in Washington, D.C. If you've been successful, you, don't, you didn't get there on your own. You, you didn't get there on your own. I, I'm always struck by people who think, well, it must be because I was just so smart. Because if you've got a business, that, you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. There is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. Nobody. You built a factory out there, good for you. But I want to be clear, you moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. When you do well, everyone else does well. And I promise you this, I will never demonize you as business leaders and business owners. The work you do or the opportunities that you create. Because I think we should not be blaming you, we should be thanking you. All right, welcome back, folks, to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Cash is king. Cash is king. The temperature is really rising in both Chicago and Washington, D.C., but not because of the weather. From nearly every angle, the White House and Barack Obama's re-election campaign appear to be spinning more desperately out of control and into what we like to call a death spiral. Cash. Cash is king, as the old private equity saying goes, and Team Obama lit the fuse on a very expensive campaign apparatus that is much larger and began much earlier than is typical for an incumbent incumbent president. Even after having spent $68 million in negative attack ads over the past two months, plus $20 million per month for staff, facilities, technology, and other campaign infrastructure, the, at best, at very best, Barack Obama is still only locked in a dead heat with presumptive Republican nominee Mitt Romney. By having a 3-to-1 fundraising advantage over Democrat PACs, the Romney super PACs mainly bankrolled the Obama counterattack ads during that time, while Romney better managed his campaign to shepherd cash until after the August RNC convention in Tampa Bay, leaving him free to spend the majority of his time on air and the campaign trail stump. Now, even though Obama has held more fundraisers than his past five predecessors combined, 131 thus far, he, well, his unprecedented fundraising has not kept pace with his unprecedented campaign spending rate. And with uh, Democrat voter enthusiasm at near record lows, small donor cash has slowed to the point where last month Team Obama had to resort to shameless and embarrassing tactics like suggesting wedding guests send campaign contributions to them instead of purchasing wedding gifts. As a result, The Hill reported that Obama was feverishly adding fundraising events to his schedule after the DNC convention, which along with actually having to show up in the Oval Office every once in a while, even if (laughs) they're just photo ops for the press to run, 
is going to be seriously handicapped. And it's going to seriously handicap Obama against Romney in the race to November. However, yeah, the outlook gets even worse as several other unsavory situations created by Barack Obama and his administration that are now beginning to come apart at the seams. It's 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 to the point where even their accomplices in the mainstream media can't keep it contained with the Attorney General, General Eric Holder and the Obama Department of Justice at the center of it all. And now that idiot Harry Reid making really stupid, stupid outlandish statements, the guy – you know, Harry, Harry Reid is – I don't even know what to say about the guy. It's completely shameless. And at every turn – the mainstream media, are, they're saying that he's a fighter or he was once a boxer, and so he's a really tough guy. And, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the Democrats shouldn't – I mean the Republicans shouldn't take it lightly because 75 years ago he was a boxer. What the hell? You know, I've been listening to this for the last three, almost four years that Harry Reid was a damn lightweight – uh, uh, a, a boxer back in the 30s, uh, an amateur boxer, and now he's like 174 years old, and they're talking about how tough he is because he was a boxer back in 1874. What is up with that? Harry Reid is a lying sack of shit. Why he's still breathing, I have no idea. Something's propping him up, but the fact that he was a boxer 730 years ago has no bearing on all this craziness that he's putting forth right now. He is a poor leader. He barely eked out a win uh, this past election cycle. He's obviously lazy as hell because he's not doing his job, not at all. He's not he's doing nothing. He's probably the worst Senate leader, Senate majority leader in the history of the Senate because he's doing absolutely nothing, stifling everything that comes his way. And then he makes a stupid statement that he heard from a guy who heard from a guy who heard from a guy who heard from another guy who heard from a chick who heard from a talking dog that Mitt Romney hasn't paid any income taxes. In 10 years. On the Senate floor. Where he can't be challenged. Where he can't be held liable. He's a coward. He's a coward and a liar. And you know what? I love it. I'm going to be I'm gonna be candid with you. I love it. I love it all. Just like I love the fact that the unemployment numbers went up to what? 8.3%. I am not ashamed of it. Because the worse things get, honestly, the easier it's going to be to unass Barack Obama from his chair in the Oval Office in just a couple of months. And I'm not ashamed of it. I hope that the unemployment numbers go up another point just so we can get this clown out of here. Because quite frankly, I believe that it doesn't really matter if the numbers go up. Because Barack Obama, he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care. I mean, please excuse my my language. Please do. I I I I sometimes become a little, you know, agitated. But you know, I I I I really shouldn't. This is a family program, after all. But you know, here's the thing. Talking about there's two things that really chafe my ass. One, when a Democrat says that he wants that they want to get things done for the American people, and two. When someone makes excuses for Harry Reid and says that he was a boxer and he's really tough and feisty. He was a boxer 743 years ago. The guy is barely ambulatory now. Stop saying that he was a boxer. He was an amateur boxer. That doesn't make him a tough guy. 
how many times am I going to have to hear how tough Harry Reid is because he was a boxer 7,342 years ago? Dude can barely speak above a whisper. His lungs are shot. His legs are shot. He's an old man. You know, Chesty Puller was perhaps the greatest Marine of all time, winning five Navy Crosses. But in the end, he was just another old man who could barely move around just before he crapped out. Now, I don't want to, you know what? I love Chesty Puller. I'm I'm just making an I'm just making a making a point here. I I don't want to disrespect Chesty. Damn it! I think I stepped in it right now when I said when I made that when I made that analogy. I should have said somebody else, but I, I made a mistake. And I apologize, Chesty, and I apologize to all the Marines out there. But I think you get my point. I think you get my point. Harry Reid is a moron. They're all idiots. They're the smartest idiots of all time. You know, former Black Panther Bobby Rush said of Obama when, when Obama was just dumb enough to try to run for Bobby Rush's seat in Chicago, Illinois, my hometown, south side of Chicago, that Barack Obama is an educated fool. Harry Reid is an educated fool. Most Democrats are just educated fools, and some of them aren't even educated. To get out on the Senate floor and say that Barack, o- that 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 Mitt Romney hasn't paid taxes in ten years because he heard it from a guy who heard it from a guy who heard it from another guy, is tantamount to a Chicago saying that I truly love. That says I'm not saying I'm just saying. So basically, what Harry Reid is saying, I'm not saying. I'm just saying that I heard from a guy who heard from a guy who heard from three other guys that Mitt Romney hasn't paid his taxes in 10 years. They want Mitt Romney to throw out 10 years worth of taxes. For what? We know that Mitt Romney's a rich guy. We like the fact that he made money. We like the fact that he started out with nothing, made a bunch of bread, I want Mitt to show me how to make some bread too. But Barack Obama wants us to hate the rich, hate the wealthy, to demonize the the people who make this country run. Because if we hold those small business owners, those corporate fat cats up to standard, then what does that leave government? Barack Obama wants Government to be our God, our King. We've seen this many times before in our history. We must avoid it. The government is not our Savior. It's our problem. We have a call on the line. We're going to take our call right here and right now. Caller, you are on with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Talk about it. Yeah, um, I had also heard that that Frank Marshall Davis was the actual father of Barack Obama. Another uh, person on the Internet had put their photos right next to one another, and it pointed out the similarities. It also said that Malcolm X looks a lot like Barack Obama, too. And they had wondered whether uh, Malcolm X could possibly be uh, be the father. Well, I, I don't know about that. You know, I have I have a um, a picture on the uh, on the show page that has them together that way. And uh, and a lot of people do are suggesting that uh, Frank Marshall Davis uh, may have been uh, Barack Obama's real father. But I don't put much credence into that because, you know, for me it doesn't really matter. You know, your father, you know, you have your father and your dad. The, the, The person who brought you into this world is not necessarily, you know, if he doesn't take an active role in your life, in your in your in your upbringing and your development, and some yeah. other man steps in, then that's your father. That's the man who 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 shapes and molds you. So, whether they are blood related or not, in, to my mind, you know, it makes no difference because Frank Marshall Davis is the one who is spoken up so highly in Dreams of My Father. Also, Wouldn't you someone had a had a tape recording of Frank Marshall Davis's voice. And it was very similar to Barack Obama's voice. Yeah. Uh, like in terms of the cadence. 
Mm-hmm. And and when they looked at the physical similarity and the cadence of the voice, they thought that it might be a biological connection there because when mm-hmm. they compared him to uh, Barack Obama Sr., they didn't see any similarities in the face or anything. Yeah, and I and I happen to agree with that. But, it, but you know, what what do you think, AC? This is American citizen. He yeah, is, American uh, citizen. I'm coming yep. from Philadelphia. I think it's a possibility that Frank Marshall Davis is the father mm-hmm. because I think that the mother was very loose, and uh, yeah. in terms of like her types of uh, sexual behavior, I think she was very loose in her sexual behavior, and I yeah. think that. Uh, Frank Marshall Davis could possibly have been the father, and I think that uh, as soon as Barack Obama Sr. had concluded his relationship with the mother, he left and went to Boston, and I think at the time that the mother could have possibly been seeing Frank Marshall Davis at the same time that uh, she was having uh, 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 like her marriage with her husband. So, uh, you know... I think unless a, a, a unless a DNA test is done, I think that uh, you know the public would uh, be like in the dark as to who the real father is. But I think sometimes you can look at the physical similarities, and uh, that can give a clue. And I think if you base it on the physical similarities, I think Frank Marshall Davis is probably a better candidate for Barack Obama's father. But what do you think about uh, the connection between the two as it relates to their philosophies? I think their philosophies are very similar because uh, Frank Marshall Davis was a communist, and 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 he was also a writer, and uh, that was his main occupation when he was in a, when he was in Hawaii as a writer and a poet, and uh, you see that same similarity in Barack Obama. So, you know what? Let me, let me ask you this. Um, how do you think? I mean, here's what really, really gets to me. What what I ponder daily, daily, is how all of this was not brought to the fore. How Barack Obama was not properly vetted in 2008. How all of this was not brought out to give the American people, those of us who care about such things, the opportunity to learn who our president would be and what his philosophies would be. It's almost too late now. I mean, what, yeah. it, 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 why, my, my, so let me ask my question. Does this really, I mean, is this where America, do you believe that this is where America wants to go to Marxism, socialism, that this is the kind of I guy we want us to the, lead us I, into the next I, 10 years? I think you have a lot of disillusioned people out here today in the public because the wealth disparity is so great. People are not seeing their wages increase at all, and they're constantly looking at television and watching people make money and enjoy the fruits of their labor, but yet they seem to be uh, moving further and further behind. So I think there's a lot of frustration out here now, especially with the inflation that's occurring in the gasoline and the food prices. And uh, I think that people do want to see the rich suffer and be taxed more uh, because of uh, the wealth gap. And so uh, I think some of these policies are uh, somewhat appealing uh, to a lot of people, and that's the reason why Obama still has a lot of traction in terms of the polls with the public. But AC, they have to understand. I mean, they—they, they, I mean, American Americans are not stupid. We're not sheep. I don't believe that. Mm. Most Americans must understand that by punishing, quote, punishing the rich or taxing the rich, in the long run, isn't going to benefit uh, the average American. You know, you might get a check for fifteen hundred dollars. You know, but but you know that's it. A taxing the rich, taking from the rich to give to the poor, only works in like uh, the movies, uh, Robin Hood movies. It doesn't, it doesn't translate. Uh, the the only way for uh, the average American to really better 
their circumstances is to make make as much money as they can, save money, start their own businesses, you know, uh, you know, come up with ideas to uh, you know, to 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 better their own circumstances instead of concerning themselves with what the next guy has or trying to keep up with the Joneses if you will. I mean, it, this is yeah. how, I mean, Go ahead. Well, see, I think people watch television and they see people like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and Warren Buffett, and these people have enormous fortunes. They have more money than they could ever spend in a lifetime. And and people are very frustrated by this, and yet they see their mortgage payments going up. They're paying more in gasoline. They have to fight to get their kids a uh, decent education. And uh, they see these people in the country that are worth all this money, and they don't see the opportunity for them to uh, make more money. Got it. So, Got it. Uh, so you know, this is like a growing uh, uh, sort of frustration. Yeah. 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 I, and I, I could not agree more, uh, AC. We're just about out of time, so we got to cut this short. Thank you so much for tuning in and calling in. Glad you're back in the blog talk. I haven't seen you around in a while. GTT 183 is in the house. Oh, 2020 Radio, he's got a show coming up just after me tonight. Uh, I do believe, yeah, tonight, 9 o'clock. Be there or be square. Of course, GDT 183, uh, Conservative Prime Time is on at 11.30. Be there or be square. Great show. One of the best in blog talk. We got to go. Thank you so much for calling in, AC. Hopefully we'll see you over at G-Ski and then maybe later on at uh, at uh, GDT 183 show. Thanks again for calling in. Uh, Good night. We're, we're, we're just about to check out for tonight, and we'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk more about this issue, about Frank Marshall Davis. Oh, Barack Obama's real father. Dreams of his real father. Oh, we're out of here, folks. I hope you have a great night. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. We are out. Oh, no show tonight for 2020. His show has been canceled for tonight. So we will cat we'll 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 step it up and move up to GTT 183 show a little bit later on tonight at uh, 183. Hey, good night folks. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. We're out. All right.
Wonderful world. 